Guys, it is a special day today. And let me go on and tell you something. I've been hyping it up to my friends, family. I've been hyping it up on social media, as you can tell. I've been hyping it up for the past few episodes on Pigskin Frenzy. But we are here. We have made it the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy. The 100th episode. We've made it to 100 episodes. It's been a year of Pigskin Frenzy. Uh, 100 episodes of talking about college football and NFL football. We made it through one season together as well. Uh, it has been an electrifying ride, and I cannot wait for more. We're up to 3,000 listeners now, new listeners and counting. Big thank you. Guys, keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. And if you're just new joining the show, welcome. And thank you for listening to this show and making it what it is. 100 episodes of Pigskin Frenzy. Here we go. With that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Instagram, X, and Facebook, all you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get Instagram trivia question stories. Go and answer today's NFL question as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, another big one as well. We have I launched a brand new website. If you didn't hear it on Tuesday's episode, now you're going to hear it. If you just listened to the NFL episodes, now you're going to hear this too. www.pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com. We have launched the new website. It is up in there. We're going to have a merchandise shop coming soon. We uh, have an affiliates page to thank our uh, our future sponsors, which we will get to that uh, in uh, future episodes. We're still working on that, but we will get to that shortly in a few in a, you know in the coming episodes. Then we have an about me page, a home page, and you can contact me. Uh, contact me there. Your name, info, and I. You know, if you need anything, and I can you know ask questions. You can ask your you can ask your questions on there, and I will answer them on the pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com website. So, with that being said, speaking of questions, right? NFL day today, and I promised everybody this was going to be a special day, and it is. We're going to do a 2023 NFL postseason Q&A. I have a bunch of questions here that you guys have sent in to me uh, on X, Instagram, Facebook, messages, everything, and I am going to answer you know as many as I can hopefully all of them and we can you know dive deep and discuss some of these questions it was a rock it was a pretty rocky season last week we recapped the super bowl and talked about and just kind of summed up the 2023 season now the only way to move forward to the 2024 season is to answer some of these questions go and go a little bit backwards let's talk about in 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 a discussing manner what you know this season was. It was full of surprises. It was full of, uh, you know, drama. It was full of Taylor Swift. You're probably going to think, dude, enough, enough. And it was full of Taylor Swift. Back-to-back Super Bowls for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, uh, two solid football teams. One didn't get in. One did get in into the Super Bowl. And it, it was just a, it was a great 
in my in my estimate, great season. So uh, we're going to answer some of these questions. And to start off, this is an interesting question, and I would, you know, it's it's kind of funny because it was a shout-out question as well. So how do you feel about the future of the Miami Dolphins? Hashtag fins up and shout-out to Jub. So shout-out to you, Jub. Uh, the Dolphins, how do I feel about, feel about the future of the Dolphins? Well, let me just long pause here. I think that the Dolphins have a bright future. But I also think that the will to win, in my opinion, and when it comes to big time games, is a concern for me. And I, and, I, and I'm just gonna say they have a bright future. They have loads of talent on offense. Uh, sorry for the long pause, ladies and gentlemen. But it's 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 one of those things that makes you think a little bit. Yes, they have a bright future. If they can control a little bit of that future, and what I mean by that is control a little bit of that future, as in, yes, build up your team and uh, make the team good, and you know, on, on all both sides of the ball, defense, offense, special teams, you name it. But my concern is, what are you going to do in big time games? You had a big time matchup against the Eagles midseason, and you didn't win that one. Uh, it was a game that you could have could have snatched, and you didn't win, and you didn't get that win. Uh, Buffalo for the AFC East Championship on the line. You were winning it first. You had a first half lead. Buffalo came back, and you lost that game. And then. Uh, you had to go play Kansas City in a frigidly cold game, which, okay, you're not used to that weather. I understand. But at the same time, the team acted like they did not really want to be out in that weather. So they were, they were like, okay, let's just get this over with. Better luck next year. That's not the mindset you need to have. Uh, in big-time games, when they're hyped up to, okay, they can they can do this. They can beat, they can beat a big-time contender. They usually don't beat a big-time contender. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens were an example. Uh, they are going to show out against Baltimore. Baltimore beat them 52-19. So, uh, or 50, I think it was, I think it was 50, 52-19, or I think it was 52-19 or 58-19, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on New Year's Eve. And it was a rough game and uh and it was just interesting so i think the future of the dolphins is bright but they have to control a little bit of that future as in play and play like you want to win in big time situations that's the only problem i have with miami i think miami and i was high on miami last year i was high on miami going into the season i didn't stop talking about the miami dolphins a lot of people were saying dude all you talk about is the miami dolphins chiefs ravens all these teams but how can you not talk about them when they're just so good right when they're just so good how can you not talk about them so when when you look at everything and when you see everything with the Dolphins and uh, it's all going to come together. I think eventually they are going to win a big time game and send a message to the league, but it's, they just have to control their own future, control their narrative and control and find their will to win in a big time matchup against teams that are below 500. They'll destroy them like that. The only game that I saw this season, really that they, 
found their way to win was the Dallas Cowboys game. They kicked that field goal. They won. It was, um, I think it was 22-20 or 22-20. The Dolphins beat the Cowboys, and it was a, a awesome game. I'm not going to say the say the least. An awesome game. Uh, Christmas weekend, awesome game. I liked it a lot. Um, Dolphins clinched a playoff spot as well. That was the only team that they played that they ended up beating in a pivotal game. In the pivotal matchups that they needed to win, the Dolphins did not win. I think that's where it needs to change. If the future gets even brighter for the Dolphins, I think that's where it needs to change. I like the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to be in it next year. I think they're going to be in the playoffs again next year. I think they're that good. I think Mike McDaniel's a good coach. I think Tua's a good quarterback. He's developed quite tremendously. He has developed, honestly, really good. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. You got an underrated tight end in Durham Smythe. You got the pieces. You got two good running backs in Devon A. Chain and Raheem Mostert. You got a good defense with with uh, Jalen Phillips. You got a good defense with Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey in the back. Um, you got a solid. You got solid team. You got a solid team. Can you muster all that up and find the will to win in a big time crucial matchup? That is my answer to that question. Good question, Jub. Hashtag. Fins up, right? Hashtag fins up. Another question that I got was, what are the Bears going to do? <laughs> and here we go. You're going to, you guys are going to want to know my thoughts on this one because, man, I've been tweeting about it. I've been saying it. Good question here. What are the Bears going to do with that quarterback or with the first pick in the NFL draft in 2024? Here's what I can't wait for to cover the NFL draft. I said this. I cannot wait to cover the 2024 NFL draft. I can't wait to cover the draft, period. I love covering the draft. Each I covered it last season to start off the Pigskin Frenzy podcast, and I love it. I love doing it. I'm going to do it again this year. We're going to have the combines coming up in, in you know, Next week, the Combine's coming up next week. I'm excited about it. We're going to talk about the Combine next Thursday on Pigskin Frenzy. So I'm really excited about it, honestly. Um, But he, he, here's my deal. He, here's my drift if you're catching me. Uh, for the next two Thursdays, we're talking about the Combine. Uh, that's the next two Thursday episodes. And we're going to you know, dive deep into some of the results and some of the top prospects in the draft, starting our draft coverage. And then we'll get into free agency, all that. that. That has nothing to do with this. But I love talking about the draft. But with this question, it irritates me. Not the question itself. It's a great question. It irritates me that the Bears think they need a quarterback. And to answer your question, phenomenal question, by the way. I loved your question. What irritates me about about everything is the Bears that they need a quarterback, and they don't need a quarterback. Justin Fields, to me, could be and is their guy. But they're not developing him right, and they're not getting him help. He needs help. Cole Kinnett, great tight end. They have some pieces on defense. They have some pieces on, you know, a little bit on the line, but not really. They need more on the O-line. They need more not just on the O-line, they need more uh, at running back. They need more at receiver to help him out, to help Justin Fields out. He has developed quite nicely uh, on his own, but he needs more development in certain situations. And I'm talking about in, 
in, in, in game crunch time situations. Crunch time situations, I think he needs to develop in that department. But that is what the coaches are there to do for. That is what they are there to do. But they're not doing their job in that aspect. Now they're just thinking, okay, let's just trade him. He hadn't done anything wrong to be traded. So, and I and I've said this, I am going on a rant now to answer your question, but I am honestly kind of shocked that they are willing to trade Justin Fields that they're picking him up so high a couple of years back because he hasn't developed like they wanted him to. But the thing is, they haven't really put enough time and effort into Justin Fields to, to develop. He needs help. You know who the Bears need to draft? I'll tell you who the Bears need to draft. They need to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And they need to draft uh, a guy like a Marvin Harrison or a Malik Neighbors or a Roma Dunsey. They he a guy that, an elite receiver that could he could throw to and they could ball out together. He needs an re- elite receiver. He needs some O linemen. He needs some some pieces in this draft that because there are some good O linemen in the draft. You get you got guys like Joe Alt, uh, who will probably be taken not at Chicago, but if you trade enough well enough for him, you could get him. Uh, you got uh, you got Jackson Powers Johnson. You got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at receiver. You got a lot of key pieces that you could work with, and you're not doing it you're not you're just not thinking about it you're thinking about okay let's get get Caleb Williams nothing is wrong with Caleb Williams going number one I think Caleb Williams early on if y'all want me to admit it now in my projections is the number one overall pick in the NFL draft right now nothing wrong with that the problem is the Bears have the number one overall pick in the draft so what do I what, what would you do Joel Norris if you were in the Bears position I would Smell the coffee. <laughs> Wake up a little bit. Smell the coffee. That's a weird expression that it goes around in my family that we say. Wake up. Uh, I'm sorry. Wake up. Open the coffee, right? Wake up and open the coffee. And realize that you do not need, okay, a quarterback. You need Justin Fields. Not only that, you trade the number one pick. You trade the number one pick to somebody like a Commanders, like of the New England Patriots. You trade somebody the number one pick, and you trade them for that draft pick that that team has, the number two or number three spot, and then you get Marvin Harrison Jr. or get a receiver to help out Justin Fields. Again, I'm not saying that that is what they're going to do. I am fully aware that the Bears are most likely going to trade Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams in the draft. To me, I'm kind of shocked. I don't think that should happen. But here we are. I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I think it's kind of a shame that they are letting him go. Uh, and I I, just, I, I feel for him. I feel for him. I didn't think he, he's, he, he has a proper or has had a proper shot in Chicago at being their starting quarterback. So uh, what are the Bears going to do at quarterback? Probably draft Caleb Williams. Uh, They're going to keep the number one pick, most likely. They're saying it's going to take a historic haul to give, you know, to trade away that number one pick. And then they're probably going to do away with Justin Fields, which I don't, I disagree with, but that's my thoughts. Uh, that's what the Bears, I think, are going to do. But uh, what my, I just gave you two versions, my honest thoughts and what I think they're going to do in reality. So what I think they should do is keep Justin Fields. What I think they're going to do 
is draft Caleb Williams and get rid of Justin Fields and trade him away and uh, keep the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft? Great question. Thank you for asking that. And shout out to everybody listening to Pigskin Frenzy once again. Episode 100. I'm just still in awe about that, guys. Episode 100. This is this is amazing. Uh, another question here is who will the Steelers turn turn to for a veteran backup quarterback now that Mitch Trubisky has been released? That is a good question, honestly. A Pittsburgh Steelers question. I like this is interesting. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at first had a good run in the in the 2023 season, and then some injuries started plaguing them a little bit. Mason Rudolph took over from Kenny Pickett. All of a sudden, Mitch, well, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky took over at first. Then Mason Rudolph took over from Mitch Trubisky. He led the team to the playoffs. A AFC playoff berth to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they made the playoffs this season. So congratulations to the Steelers, which a lot of people didn't expect the Steelers to go to the playoffs. And I was one of them, actually. So congratulations and good on Mike Tomlin and good on the Pittsburgh Steelers for making it. Uh, for a veteran quarterback, uh, who do they turn to? I think what's going to happen, and this is just some reports that I've been hearing, that Kenny Pickett will come back healthy, for the 2024 season and will be the starting quarterback again. And Mason Rudolph will be their veteran backup quarterback. I think Mason Rudolph will be their veteran backup quarterback because he did really, really well stepping in for Pickett and Trubisky last season and led them to the playoffs, right? So for Trubisky, no, not for Trubisky, for, for Kenny Pickett, the answer there is they're going to see if he's a long-term starter or not. They're going to see if this season is going to be a make-it-or-break-it year to see, okay, uh, I am, you know, I'm going to start for, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, let him be the starter, you know, let him, you know, have at it and let's see if he long-term can lead us to the promised land. Um, I think Kenny Pickett's a, a solid quarterback. I'm not saying he's, you know, one of the greatest in the NFL right now, but I, I think he's a solid quarterback and he can win y'all some ball games. He's, he's proven that he can, he can win y'all some ball games. So let's see what Kenny Pickett does. Um, for the veteran backup quarterback aspect, though, because that's the real question you asked, uh, I would say they're going to turn to Mason Rudolph as their veteran backup quarterback. I think keeping Mason Rudolph would be a, a good, a solid choice. I mean, what he did for the Steelers, stepping in for Trubisky and stepping in for the starter, Kenny Pickett, led him to the playoffs. He should be your your guy as the veteran backup quarterback. So, um, if they're not thinking about trading for a quarterback or picking up one, I would think that Mason Rudolph would be a solid choice as the veteran backup quarterback. Thank you for asking that question. Uh, that was a solid question, and I'm going to intrigued to see what the Steelers do in 2024. So, question here, and this is a good question: Why are running backs not getting enough hype? like other skill positions such as quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, etc. And what I thought about this question, I thought about what happened during the offseason leading into the 2023 season where running backs weren't not getting enough love, they were getting franchise tagged, and they weren't getting paid what they are worth. I don't know the exact reason why running backs do not get enough love like the quarterbacks, like the receivers, and like the tight ends positions do. Um, and there's some solid running backs out there. Um, are the running backs' careers shorter than most? Yes. That's no, you know, that's not a debate. There are more, yeah, there are way more. The, the, the longevity of the careers of the running backs are shorter than they are, you know, against – 
you know, quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, et cetera, because they get hit a lot. Um, they get hit a lot. And, uh, I mean, you got some guys out there that do not get enough love. Um, one of them, uh, and it, it was a big, big issue for me, was Saquon Barkley. I said it during the offseason, Giants running back and, uh, well, future it looks like he's going to be future free agent running back Saquon Barkley as he is most likely not going to get franchise tagged for the Giants. So, Saquon Barkley. Yes, Saquon Barkley. So, an example. He did not He did not get a long-term extension like he wanted. He got a franchise tag, and he did not get the money that he uh, wanted. He was holding out for a little bit. Then he just agreed to the franchise tag as he wanted to play some football this season. My... Honest thoughts is that guys like Austin Eckler, guys like Derrick Henry, guys like uh, you know Saquon Barkley, and guys like my my boy CMC Christian McCaffrey, who won Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL, are solid running backs uh, that don't get enough credit. Now Christian McCaffrey did because he won Offensive Player of the Year this year. He's a solid running back. Uh, but a lot of other backs in the league do not get enough love and credit like they should. Another one, Josh Jacobs. I don't know why they don't get enough hype like they used to. Uh, a lot of running backs back in the day got a lot of hype. Guys like Barry Sanders, guys like Earl Campbell, guys like Walter Payton, uh, Bo Jackson, got a lot of guys in the NFL. Uh, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, LaDamian Tomlinson, a lot of guys. Um, but Reggie Bush, I mean, a lot of guys. So. When you look at the NFL now, it's like we still got some stars at running back. I just don't know why people aren't hyping them up enough. So my question to that answer is I particularly don't know why they're not getting hyped. And I think they should get more hype, honestly. I think running backs should get more hype uh, for what they do. And I think they should get paid a little bit more, you know, because I think some of the running backs who are in the league right now are worth, you know, more than what they're getting paid. So. Uh, that's my answer to the question. Uh, very good question there. Uh, it was a unique question on this Q and a to say the least. So I like that one. Uh, and here's a good one. How does Dan Quinn get the commander's job after the playoff tobacco? That's a, that's an interesting one. Uh, as most of you may or may not know, <laughs> the commanders have hired Cowboys, even the coordinator Dan Quinn as their next head coach. Cliff Kingsbury is their OC and the commanders are starting to set up really, really nice overall and building a good staff there. So the commanders, how would you, how, how would Dan Quinn get the job after what happened? Well, I, Here's my honest thoughts on this, and you really can't base the the whole deal off of one game. I think what he did for the defense and what he did throughout the whole season for the Cowboys was quite honestly pretty remarkable. Uh, the Cowboys were top five in defense in every statistical category out there. Turnover, passing, rushing, you name it. The Cowboys' defense was one of the most elite and stout defenses in the NFL, I think Dan Quinn did an amazing job the overall this year, coaching that defense and being their DC. And I think if you look at the body of work that Dan Quinn presented, yes, I think he deserves the head coaching job for the commanders. Now, if you're basing it off of one game with the, the Packers, then you're like questioning yourself a little bit. But at the same time, the Cowboys had a meltdown overall, not just on defense. It was on offense as well. It was on, you know, it was on all sides of the ball. They just didn't, they just were melting down. They didn't have an answer for the Green Bay Packers that game. So I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't kind of, you know, base it off of that game, though. I would base the body of work that Dan Quinn did throughout the 2023 NFL season. I think that's how he got the job because of how well he did coaching the Cowboys defense uh, throughout the season. So uh, I think that's how we got the job because he played really, and he coached really, really well uh, in the 2023 NFL season for the Cowboys. So good question there. I really, really like that question. Another Cowboys question here. What changes would you have made if you were the Cowboys GM? If I was not just a GM, Jerry Jones, because he is the main guy running everything. Uh, if I would have changed everything, I would let everybody do their job. <laughs> and you're going to sit there and say, "Are you?" that's a weird answer. Think about this, though. The Cowboys have the talent to win it all. They really do. They have the talent to win it all. They have Dad Prescott, who is vastly improved, like he did, you know, a, you know, from a year ago. Uh, Tony Pollard. I mean, they got a solid receipt, a good running back in Tony Pollard. They got, uh, you know, Jake Ferguson, who's, who's turning in to a, a pretty underrated tight end in the league. Uh, they have Michael Gallup. They have their star receiver in Ceedee Lamb, who has been a who was a monster this year. In my opinion, you know, was a nominee for Offensive Player of the Year besides Christian McCaffrey because of how well he did. So yeah, I mean, obviously you could go with uh, you know Ceedee Lamb. I mean, they, they got some guys on defense, even though he tore his ACL and practiced and he couldn't play for the rest of the year. You got guys like Stephon Gilmore. You got guys like. The practice for the ACL, you got Stephon, uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, who is who will come back in the 2024 season after tearing his ACL in practice earlier in the year. Stephon Gilmore on one end, Diggs on the other, Donovan Wilson, Damone Clark, you got Demarcus Lawrence. You got a lot of guys on that defense who are salty. All, overall, that team is built to win a title. What's stopping them is I think Jerry Jones has a grasp on everything in the organization and a lot of people can't do their job because Jerry Jones is doing it for them. I think Jerry Jones needs to just relax, pump the brakes and let the coaches do their job. I think that is if I if I was if I was them, that's what I would change. Let the coaches do their job because I think in a lot of sense if you pick it, if you let the coach pick out the staff, if you let the coach build the vision on how they want to, vi you know, envision it, the debacle wouldn't have happened in, against the Packers. The Packer, the Cowboys would have won. The Cowboys could have probably gone to the NFC Championship if they wanted to. Not even that. Maybe even the Super Bowl. But none of that can change unless Jerry Jones pumps the brakes, and that is my honest thoughts. Uh, you're thinking you're hating on Jerry Jones. I'm not hating on Jerry Jones. I'm keeping it a buck fifty with everything. It's got to change in a sense of pumping the brakes, taking a step back, and letting the coaches and letting everybody do their jobs within the organization. So if that was the change. That's the only change really I would have made if I was if I'm the Cowboys, you know, you know, GM, owner, whatever. I if I'm the Cowboys, that's the only change I'm making is taking a step back and letting the staff do their job. So, good question there. Uh, we got a few we got a few more. We we have a few more. We have about let me if I can count. We got about 5 more that I can answer. Uh 5 more that I can answer and uh I'll keep some of them quick uh, and brief uh, so we can, you know, kind of talk about some of the other ones. Um <clears throat> but 
where do you see Will, Russell Wilson? This is a good, good question, by the way. Where do you see Russell Wilson's and Sean Payton's relationship going forward? Here's where I see it going forward. It means Russell Wilson's leaving Denver. <laughs> that is where the relationship's headed. Uh, and I don't see it going forward any further. That To me, basically, how I'm going to answer that in a way of, you know, a trick, you know, a, a reverse question here, a reverse answer. I don't think that Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton's relationship is going to last much longer. I think Russell Wilson is going to be a free agent. I think they're going to release him uh, in the next couple of weeks because it's free agency and he will become a free agent and he'll be free to sign with whoever. Um, there have been rumors that he is, you know, looking to sell his house in Denver, which is likely his his stint with the, the Broncos is coming to an end. Um, I didn't think it was the best relationship to begin with. I think that Sean Payton was always at odds with Russell Wilson. Um, I think Russell Wilson was trying to please the organization and trying to help out as much as he can. But Sean Payton just wasn't the biggest fan of Russell Wilson. If you want to keep it real, I think that's what it is. How I see it going is Sean Payton will draft a quarterback in the draft. I think Russell Wilson will sign with another team in free agency, and I think that's that's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much point blank where I think the future of not only the Broncos but the relationship between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is going. Now, could they work it out? I don't know, but do I see it happening? I don't. I think Russell Wilson will sign somewhere else. I think the Broncos and Sean Payton will draft a quarterback in the NFL draft. Uh, in a couple of months in April. So good question there. I am That was a really good question there. I like that one. Oh, is Lamar Jackson's season considered a fail since he didn't reach the Super Bowl? That's a good question as well. You got to look at it in two points of views. If you look at it individually, probably not. He what, won his second MVP. Uh, he was the 2019 MVP. He is the 2023 NFL MVP. So, when you look at it, no, I don't think he was at all, you know, uh, uh, considered a failure individually. Now, if you look at that as a, as a team-wise, if you look at Lamar Jackson team-wise and the talent that they had around him, then Lamar Jackson's season could be a failure because they didn't make the Super Bowl. Uh, they abandoned their game plan a lot in that AFC Championship game, even though the Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Ravens in the in the conference championship in Baltimore and the AFC title game in Baltimore. Yes, they dominated them up front. Yes, they dominated them uh in the run in the running attack in the in the passing game. They dominated them on all sides of the ball. The Chiefs were really good that game, but I think if the Ravens would have stuck with their game plan, stuck with what got them to the dance, they probably would have made the Super Bowl because that was a solid team this year. The Ravens were dominating Everybody in their sight. They were hungry and ready to rock and roll. What's going to happen with the Ravens in the 2024 season? I do not know. It is too early to say that. But for this year, was it considered a fail? Team-wise, you could say yes. Individually, no, because he won an MVP, in my honest thoughts, and he uh, played a lights-out season. So individually, no. Team-wise, I think it was a fail because they didn't beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship and they didn't win the Super Bowl and didn't go to the Super Bowl. So, good question there. I like that one a lot. Uh, you know, shout out to you guys for all these questions. They are really, really good. I, I like these questions for the for the postseason NFL Q and A. So, um, here's a good one: Which team season was a successful? Uh, uh, which team season was successful and which one was a failure? Successful season. I'm going to have to say, 
in my honest thoughts, you're going to say, um, you're going to say, really? That's how original. The Chiefs was a successful season, especially with a lot of how they looked in the regular season because they were up and down, hot and cold throughout the whole season, distracted because of Taylor Swift being there and the whole relationship debacle bleeding in onto the field. But when the when the switch hit for the postseason, playoffs, the Chiefs were a championship team. I think I would consider that a success. You reached the Super Bowl when a lot of people didn't think you were going to. Patrick Mahomes won, has now has three titles and has reached four Super Bowls at the age of 28. So... Yeah, I would consider the Chiefs season successful overall. That that defense was the only thing keeping the Chiefs going this season. That defense was legit. It was just legit. They were nasty. They were stingy all game in every game they played this season. But they still got beat in some areas. The Chiefs defense was probably one of the only reasons why, or one of the big reasons why they won the Super Bowl and why they were such a success. Uh, top five defense, top three in defense, actually, was the Kansas City Chiefs. So, which team season was successful? I was going to say, in my in my honest thoughts, the Chiefs. Now, which teams, which one season was a failure? I'm going to have to say the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams from the AFC here. I'm also going to have to say the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals season was, was a failure because of the cars that they were dealt with. They started off real slow against Cleveland, really slow against Baltimore, and then they picked it up back up, and they were getting into a rhythm to where, okay, we're winning now, and we cannot afford, afford to lose another game if we want to make the playoffs. They beat Buffalo in a tough clutch game. Joe Burrow had a really solid game there. And then when you look at everything, do you, the, the, the next week rolls around, you look at the Ravens. They were getting beat by the Ravens, and then Joe Burrow – messes up his wrist and hand, torn ligaments, broken bones, and he's out for the rest of the year and has to have surgery. So you lose your star quarterback. You uh, lose some key pieces around you on defense and on offense, and you don't have necessarily the best line. I just think it wasn't the right season for the Bengals. The Bengals didn't even make the playoffs. They go they go from making the playoffs uh, one year, not only that, to making the AFC Championship to – not making anything at all. I'm just going to let you guys know now, when Joe Burrow is healthy, the Bengals are in the AFC Championship. Surprisingly, they are in the AFC Championship. It is because of the offensive line of the Bengals' seasons are not all that successful. They need to build up their offensive line if they want to make their season a successful one. So who, who, uh, which team season was successful? The Kansas City Chiefs, because no one thought they were going to make it there to the Super Bowl. Which one was a failure? The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, because a lot of teams thought and a lot of people thought and fans thought that the Bengals were going to be in it. So uh, that answers. I hope that answers your question there. Uh, really, really good question there. I enjoyed it a lot. So we got about, let's see. We got about two more questions. Two more questions here before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy and the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy. This has been a, a great episode. I'm really, really happy about it and uh, really happy to be answering your questions. Again, thank you guys for sending them in and thank you guys for, uh, you know, talking about this and, 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 you know, let me, you know, answer these questions and to discuss it and provide my own take on everything. Uh Number last question, who or not really last question, but you know, second to last question, who was the most surprising team in the NFL in 2023? 
There's a few when you look at them. I think the most surprising, really, if you had to look, was the Detroit Lions because you didn't expect the Detroit Lions to uh, get to where they're at. Not only get to where they're at, they made it to the NFC Championship for the first time in 31 years. The NFC Championship, they won their first playoff game. They won two playoff games. Not only not only one for the first time in 30 years, but two. They've won two playoff games, and they made it to the NFC Championship. They lost the NFC Championship, but they were the NFC runner-ups. They made it to the conference title game. One trip away from the Super Bowl. That is what was crazy about it. So the most surprising team, I would say the Detroit Lions. But if you want to count like honorable mentions, I would say the Houston Texans would be one of them because of what they had and what they were dealing with. I mean, they a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud played a phenomenal season, uh, phenomenal defensive, uh, defensive end with Will Anderson Jr., rookie head coach with D'Amico Ryans, losing three games at first, then turning it up a notch, winning the AFC South when no one thought that, the Jack, that, that, that they were going to win it because they thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to win it. The Jaguars ended up blowing everything. The Texans ended up winning and winning the AFC South and going to the playoffs. They beat the Browns and then, and then went to the divisional round against the Ravens and lost. So the Texans would be one of them. I would say the Packers would also be another. They came in late and came into their own late, including some good big-time wins against the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, and some wins against the Lions on Thanksgiving, some things, some, 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 you know, a, a win against Seattle. I mean, a win against New Orleans. I mean, a bunch of teams, uh, you know, coming in late. Green Bay ended up, you know, I mean, overcoming a lot of those odds. Then they played the first week of the playoffs for the Cowboys and knocked the Cowboys out in Arlington. They went to Dallas and beat them at AT&T Stadium in Jerry's World. Then they lost in the divisional round close to the San Francisco 49ers, but they controlled the majority of that game. Uh, they controlled every minute until about two minutes in the, the last two minutes of the game. The last two minutes of the game was all San Francisco. But the whole game pretty much was Green Bay. If they would have if they would have controlled the last two minutes, Green Bay would have gone to the NFC Championship against the Lions. So when you look at everything, yeah, or the or the Buccaneers even. But when you look at it, when you look at it, Green Bay is an honorable mention as well of being a surprise team there. So the most surprising team, I'm gonna have to say the Detroit Lions. Honorable mentions though, Houston Texans and Green Bay. Packers. So good question there. I really like that one. Uh, last question before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. And I knew this was coming. Is Patrick Mahomes the greatest of all time after winning back to back Super Bowls? I kind of hinted at this last week. Patrick Mahomes, and this is my answer. I do not think he is the greatest of all time yet. I don't think he's the GOAT yet. I think you can put him in that conversation because of what he has done in the league so far. He has been in the he has been in the AFC Championship game every year since 2018, since he first started in the league. Since his first start in the league, he has been in the AFC Championship game every single year. Six straight. AFC Championship game appearances, four AFC titles, and three Super Bowls, and three Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs, 15-3 and in the playoffs, 15 wins in the playoffs, half of what Tom Brady has, or what Tom Brady has over him 
and he's only 28 years old. He's got a lot of left, a lot of football left to play. So will he get into that conversation athletically and accomplishment-wise? Patrick Mahomes could go down as one of the best to do it or even the best to do it. He's incredible. Patrick Mahomes is a, an incredible quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the NFL today. Head and shoulders, nobody else. Patrick Mahomes is the best. But if we're talking about GOAT, Tom Brady is still the GOAT. 35 playoff wins, 7 Super Bowls out of 10 appearances in the Super Bowls. He has won more AFC titles than everybody. He has won more than anyone. And then you think, oh, look at how those games could have played. Those Super Bowls could have played. Look how this could have played out. Man, should have, would have, could have. The fact is, Tom Brady has won 7 Super Bowls. The fact is, Tom Brady has made it to 10 Super Bowl appearances, a record 10 Super Bowl appearances. One with Tampa Bay, nine with New England. 10 Super Bowls, six with New England, seven with, uh, or one with Tampa Bay Super Bowl win. He has five Super Bowl MVPs, five. He has a couple of NFL MVPs. He has the most of Super Bowl MVPs out of everybody. It is he, there is still a mountain to climb to get to Tom Brady. And plus, Patrick Mahomes is 0-2 against Tom Brady. He's 0-2 against Tom Brady. The only negative record Mahomes has against anybody is a man that's retired in Tom Brady and a man that was hurt this year in Joe Burrow, the only active quarterback in the league to duel, so, sort of speak, with Patrick Mahomes is Joe Burrow. Uh, we will have to wait and see what happens in 2024 with all this. But uh, right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes is not the greatest of all time, but he is the best quarterback in the NFL by far, by none. He is the best in the league. But right now, he's got a little bit of ways to go. I think he, he could eclipse it. Who knows if he plays long enough? But right now, it's too early to say that he is the GOAT. But he is entering the conversation in my honest thoughts, he is entering the conversation, but he's not the GOAT yet, but he is the best quarterback in the NFL. So I hope that answers your question. Um, like I said, uh, the best in the league, but I wouldn't say for sure yet the greatest of all time just yet. So uh, we're out of time. That was pretty much all the questions. Uh, guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Instagram, X, and Facebook, all you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow lots of pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL one, as well as all things of the date for Pigskin Frenzy. Also, like and leave messages on uh, www.pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com. There will be more on that in the future. Merchandise shop coming soon. Guys, affiliation, partnerships, all that's coming soon. We'll have an announcement on that, hopefully within the next few episodes uh, coming up on Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for just taking some time to listening to the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Episode 101 is Tuesday. We're going to keep rocking and rolling, hopefully get more listeners in, 3,000 and counting. Again, if you're new, big thank you for listening. Episode 101, we continue with our list of top college football, of the top games of the, of the 2023 college football season 
40 through 31 Tuesday. And we're going to talk about that and talk about that list on, I'm sorry, on Tuesday. Thursday, next Thursday, episode 102 is the start of the NFL Combine. We're going to talk about NFL Combine results and so, you know a lot of what's going on with the latest NFL 2024 NFL draft prospects. It's draft season. We're going to talk about it here shortly. It's now time to start covering the 2024 NFL draft. So until Tuesday, until next Thursday, guys, I'm Joel Norris signing off. We'll see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy, guys. For everybody out there, stay the course.